Thank you. Good morning. Good to see you all this morning. We are continuing our series on practicing the presence of God. Now, all of us know that God is with us 24-7. We have no question about that. But do we really enjoy the presence of God in our lives? Some of us, even though we believe in God's presence, we leave us though God is not with us. So we're going to address that issue this morning because for the last few Sundays we've been talking about various aspects of how do you uh, enjoy and experience and practice the presence of God in our lives. So let's pray and then we go straight into Psalm 13 and talk about this. Father God, we want to thank you for amazing love. What an amazing God you are. Thank you, Lord, that we can come together this morning to study your word together, Lord. Lord, we pray that you'll prepare our hearts, Lord, this morning to receive your word, Lord. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' most wonderful name we pray. Amen. Now, as I said before, we all know that God is with us 24-7. But when we are faced with dark days and emotional pains, it is natural for us to doubt the presence of God. And we often ask the question, where is God when I'm hurting? Where is God when I'm hurting? I ask that question many times in my life. As a pastor, I hear that question often from those who are going through tough times. Even in the last couple of weeks that I heard people asking me that question, where is God? Because I'm going through lots of pain, but I can't feel God. I can't feel the presence of God. And when you read the Bible, you see many people ask that question in their despondent moments. David, who wrote most of the Psalms, asked that question on many occasions. For example, Psalm 13 that we are looking at today, it's written by David at a time in his life when it seemed like everything had fallen apart. It was a tough time in his life. God anointed him to be the next king of Israel. But King Saul, who was ruler at that time, did not like David at all. And so he did everything possible to get rid of David from his life. He had been trying to kill him for years because he didn't want David to be the next king. So though David was innocent before God and he was very loyal to King Saul, he literally ran for his life and lived as a fugitive for many years in the hills of Judea. You know, recently Savi and I have been in Israel and we were traveling in a bus from Jerusalem to um, the, the Dead Sea and uh, along the way and I was thinking about the psalm and I was thinking about how David, you know, was hiding in this kind of caves, you know, for many years because of the fear of uh, King Saul. And it's a really rough place to, to hide and there's nobody there. And it's difficult to get any supplies there also. So you would think that, you know, David, who's been anointed as the next king of Israel, is actually hiding in this place because of his fear of King Saul. And so for a moment, David found himself desperate and alone and completely discouraged because of what happened in his life. 
And David felt that God had abandoned him. And he learned quickly that our desperation is God's opportunity to transform our lives. It is when we are at our wit's end that most often we see God at work in our lives. Through our pain, through our problems, God wants to form our character. He wants to change us. So what should we do when we feel like God seems far away? And I'm sure some of you are in that situation right now. You may be asking that question, where is God? I cannot experience God. I cannot feel God. I cannot feel the presence of God in my life. And so what do you do when, when you feel that way? Well, we can learn three things from David's experience in this psalm. And I really encourage you to, to you know, take notes of this one because um, your life may be okay right now, but there are times that we will go through tough times. And we need to know what to do. How can we overcome this pain and the problems in our lives? So three things that we can learn. Number one, we must pour out our heart to God. We must pour out our heart to God. Look at what David said in verses 1 to 2. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Can you see the pain? Can you see the anger? Can you see the frustration, the disappointment that he is expressing there? You know, he is not hiding anything from God. He is saying exactly how he feels in his life. David is pouring out his heart to God. He is telling God exactly how he feels at that moment in his life. See, he is saying, God, I feel that you have forgotten me. God, I feel that you don't care about me. I feel that you have abandoned me. Lord, how long do I have to carry this pain and sorrow in my heart? Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever said that to God? You see, there is nothing wrong with that. So what did God do when David heard saying these kind of things? Do you think God was surprised? Hello? Do you think God was surprised? No, of course not. God knew what was going on in David's life. You see, the start of any healing in your life is revealing your hurt to God. If you want to get over your emotional hurts, you must pour out your heart to God. What I'm saying is, revealing your feeling is the beginning of healing. Revealing your feeling is the beginning of healing. And some of you are angry with God for things that happened in your past. He knows it. You know it. But you need to admit it. You need to admit. The starting point is to say, God, I'm angry and I'm upset. And this happened to me. I feel that you have abandoned me. You know, sometimes some people teach that, you know, you should not be showing any emotions to God. You should not be getting upset with God. Because God is God and you are here and you can't get upset with God. But if you read through the Bible, if you go through the Psalms and you see that David is always is upset and disappointed with God. Sometimes we go through those feelings in our lives. Nothing wrong with that. Because God knows that. Let me say this to you. 
God is not going to strike you down with a lightning if you confess your feelings to him. He already knows how you feel. You just start the healing process by admitting your feeling, being honest with God. More than anything else, that's what God wants. More than anything else, God wants you to express your feeling to him, what's going on in your life. Many people, unfortunately, don't do that. You know, you just, we just hide all those things and we just pretend that everything is okay. And even we come to God pretending that in God I'm okay, yet you are not okay. You're upset with God, you're angry with what happened. God wants you to be open and honest with him, my friend, when you're going through trouble in your life. Now let me say this, regardless of how you may feel, God knows what he is doing. He has an end result in mind. You may not be able to see the big picture, but God can see the big picture. God knows what he is doing. When you pour out your heart to Jesus, he understands your hurt. Because he experienced the same pain you are going through in life. Look at what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4. This is what the Bible says about Jesus. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. You see, what I'm trying to say is Jesus Christ experienced the same pain you are facing right now in your life. He faced the same temptation that you are facing right now in your life. He faced the same problem you are facing right now. He is not some God far away from us, do not understand or sympathize with our feelings. He knows exactly what you are going through because he himself went through those pain and those problems in his life. So I really encourage you, my friends, pour out your heart to God when you are going through tough times in your life. Don't hide your feelings from God, because he already knows. But share with him, and that will help you to understand um, what God wants to do in your life. The second thing we learn from David in Psalm 13 is we must be willing to ask God for his help. We must be willing to ask God for his help. Uh, In verse three, David says, listen to this, look on me, and answer, O Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. You know, something happened to David between verse 2 and verse 3 in this Psalms. Maybe he listened to his own complaints and realized that it was self-pity. We all have done that, isn't it? How many of you here had a self-pity party? Hello? Yeah, I had a few times. And we like to invite other people to join that party also, isn't it? I'm going through self-pity now. Would you like to join me? Come. We all go through that when we go through trouble because we feel sorry for ourselves. We think we are the only one in the world is going through this problem. Nobody else. And so we're having a self-pity. So maybe David realized, maybe all these things is just a self-pity. 
Or maybe David realized that God is greater than the problem he is facing in life. You see, David refused to let his emotions get the best of him. He called upon God saying, Oh Lord, my God. I'd like you to circle that in your outline or in your Bible. Oh Lord, my God. You know, in the original Hebrew language, that phrase reads, Jehovah, my Elohim. These are two names of God. Jehovah and Elohim. You know what Jehovah means? The God of promise. And Elohim means the God of power. So by calling upon God as Jehovah my Elohim, David was saying, God, I believe you have the power to keep your promise. Lord, I believe you have the power to keep your promise. You see, when David was a very young man, Samuel the prophet had anointed David to be the next king of Israel. David did not come and say, hey, I want to be the king. Anoint me. No, he didn't say that. But God chose David to be the king of Israel at a young age. There was nothing King Saul could do about it because it's God is the one who anointed him. So by asserting his belief in the power of God's promise and God's word, David began to see things in a different light. David had to think about this amazing God who made the promise and who has the power to carry out those promises in his life, to make him the king of Israel one day. His eyes were opened to the fact that God is powerful to keep his promises. So just like David, we should also ask God to give light to our eyes so we can see our situation from God's perspective. When we can see things from God's perspective, then our situation won't look so hopeless and we won't feel so helpless in our lives. You see, most of the time, we see things from human perspective. And we believe what other people say to us. And so we get so discouraged and disappointed because we don't see God's perspective in this situation. You see, my friends, let me say this to you. God can see the things that you cannot see. You may be only able to see just, just a, a small distance, but God can see things in your life. He can see what is going to happen five years' time, 10 years' time, 20 years' time, maybe 70 years' time. God is able to see the things that you are not able to see. So isn't it better to look at things from God's point of view rather than from a human point of view? And that's what David had to come to grip with. And so it is God's word that gives us light to our eyes. Nothing else. God's word is full of promises. So instead of listening to somebody else, we should listen to what God is saying us through his word. That is why we encourage you to read God's word 
on a regular basis. Not just listen to it on Sunday only, but every day when you wake up in the morning, read the word of God. God's book, God's word can transform our lives. It gives us guidelines and guidance and direction in our lives. And that's what David had to do at that time. He's sitting in this cave and full of fear. Suddenly he realized this Jehovah Elohim, the God of power and the God of promise is there with me. I don't need to be afraid. I don't need to hide from anybody else. Look at this wonderful promise from Romans chapter 8. I would like you to read this verse with me, please. Let's read together. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What an amazing promise. Look at the next verse from 1 John chapter 4. You dear children are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. You see, what happens most of the time, we kind of magnify the problems in our lives. We make our problems bigger than Ben-Hur. We say, oh, look at me. My problem is so big. Nobody has ever experienced a problem like I have. And so we kind of focus on our problems all the time. Rather than focusing on the God who is able to guide us and lead us in our lives. You remember that example of um, Peter wanted to walk on the water and Jesus was already walking on the water and uh, Peter said, you know, I want to come to you. And God said, yeah. Jesus said, come on. And Peter got out of the water, out of the boat and he was, started walking. And suddenly he started looking at all this the waves that are coming upon him. So what happened? He started sinking. Instead of focusing his eyes on Jesus, for a moment he took his eyes off Jesus and started focusing on our problems. Many times in our life we start sinking when we turn our attention away from God, away from Jesus, and focusing on other people in our lives. How many times you have done that in your life? You know, I used to uh, be on a ship called Logos. It's a small ship, and uh, we were sailing around the world, you know, preaching the gospel in different parts of the world. And I used to get really, really bad seasickness. Really bad seasickness. Sometimes you have a bucket around your neck, you know, and you still have to paint and do all the, all the chores on the ship. And I went to see the doctor one day in the ship. We, have a, we had a doctor, and I said, look, I'm really getting seasick all the time, you know. Is there anything I can do? I mean, she gave me some tablets, but she told me one thing I'll never forget. She said to me, go on the deck and sit there and look at the horizon right there. Just keep your eyes on the horizon there. I said, you'll feel better then. You know, I tried that one. That is true. 
Because what happened, if I was focusing on those waves just around the ship, I felt I was just wanting to throw up. <laughs> but the moment I stopped looking those waves and started focusing on the horizon, the calmness of that helped me to understand. Yeah, it's not bad. You know, many times in our lives we keep focusing on the problems. We magnify the problems and we don't ever focus on Jesus Christ who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is the rock that we can stand on. When everything else is shaking around us, there's only one person we can stand on. That is Jesus Christ, my friend. He's an unchanging God. It's a good thing to remember when we are overwhelmed with problems and pain, God is greater than all the problems we face in our lives. He is with us 24-7. There's a third thing that we can learn from this psalm, that is, we must trust in God's unfailing love. We must trust in God's unfailing love. Look at what David said in verse 5 and 6. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. Have you noticed? The first word in this verse is a little word, but, B-U-T. That little word usually introduces a contrast. Now, it's as if David was saying, in contrast to my earlier doubts, confusion, fears, and pain, and panic, I have now trusted God. I have now trusted God. He says, my heart will rejoice in your salvation. And I will sing. What a delightful difference in his attitude. I mean, if you read the first few verses of Psalm 13, I don't think that you will see that David is singing. He was just complaining. He was just upset and angry. But look at what a change that took place. He's now rejoicing. He said, I want to rejoice. I want to sing. What a difference God can make in your life, my friends, when you have a different perspective, when you look at things from God's perspective. You see, I believe the secret of this transformation is that David poured out his heart to God, then he focused his attention on God's promise and his power, and that completely changed his perspective. Had David's circumstances changed? Hello? No, not at all. He's still in the cave. He's still hiding. Nothing had changed except his perspective. His perspective of change. You see, even though his situation was the same, his heart is now filled with joy. You see what happened? David had gone from problem to praise and from panic to peace. That kind of transformation God wants to see in each one of our lives. God doesn't want us to stay in the panic situation. God doesn't want us to see living in the problems. He wants us to rise above that and see that there is a future. There's something better that God is preparing for us. Yes, I may have to go through this tunnel at the moment in my life. 
I may not be able to understand why this is happening in my life. But, that's the contrast. But, there's a God whom I can trust. He's a God of promise and he's a God of power who will take me and lead me through those things. David said on another occasion, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. Why? Because God is with me. His presence is with me. Friends, we have a Savior who gave his life for us. He understands our pain and our sorrow. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he asked the question, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I mean, this is God. This is Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's saying, God, why have you forsaken me? Even he had to face that situation in his life. Even at the moment of pain and agony, he felt that God abandoned him. Abandoned him. Because he was carrying all our guilt, all our sin, all our pain upon himself. He paid the price for our sin so that we can be set free. It's the same Savior who gave his life for you Promise to lead you through your trials and through your problems, my friend. So don't get discouraged. Don't ever think that God has abandoned you. He's with you. He goes through your life, through your problems, and he gives you strength. Yeah, your situation may not change, but God will give you a different perspective to look at things in a different way. That's why David said, I will trust in God's unfailing love. I will trust in God's unfailing love. God's love for you is permanent, my friend. Yeah, other people, they love us and then they leave us. But God will never do that. He will continue to love you and he will continue to stay with you until he takes you to the place where he's preparing for you. He will never abandon you. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So let me encourage you. Practicing the presence of God in your life is to understand God's purpose and God's plan, and God's perspective for your life. So keep your eyes on Jesus Christ and look to his beautiful face. And the things of this will go strangely dim in the light of his glory. Let us pray.